Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. Hello, 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 hello again, everyone. Hello, hello. friends. Hello. We're back again for another week, and guess what? We lied to you. We did. Yep. It was a mistake. It was an honest mistake. Yep. Anyway, we are Whiskey and Wonder, where we lie to you. I'm Tyler, as you <laughs> saw on the screen, and that's Megan. I'm Megan. And we lie to you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, we drink whiskey, we teach each other something new, and then we uh, review the whiskey at the yep. end. So, uh, oh. with the intros out of the way, yeah. unless you have anything. What did we lie to them about for those new listeners who are just now hearing oh, us well, first ever so, say? Make a long story short, uh, I thought I was going to be absent for two weeks because of a vacation, and I'm just dumb. I'm only going to be absent for one recording session. So it made we we said that Elvis would be in 2 weeks or a week or so, or 3 weeks or something like that. I don't remember, but point being the wrap up of Elvis was not going to be this week and then I realized halfway through the week that I'm an idiot. And so I Elvis is this week. Yes, I've researched, I've finished my Elvis and we're going to that's going to be the topic today is the finale of Elvis. So it will be three weeks in a row. Um, so that's what we lied about. Um, we're just going to run through some announcements real quick. It's the same old, same old. Uh, check out our Patreon so that you can vote for our infinity bottles. Uh, Megan and I just drank out of the bourbon one on episode 100. If I recall, actually, I'm not going to say what happened. Uh, go nope. listen to go it. Go listen. Yeah. Um, so if you want to vote, basically an infinity bottle is our own blends. Uh, so anything that's a bourbon, anything that's a rye, anything that's a scotch qualifies. And we are letting our patrons vote on what goes in there. So you guys are, we're at your mercy. If you want to put the stuff that we hate in there, <sighs> so be it. If you want to put the stuff that we like, woohoo. Yeah, thank you. you. <laughs> um, so... And like I said, we we tried it on episode 100, and I'll let you go listen to that to see what we thought of it. Um, there's some other perks, some other tiers that you can do there as well. You can go to patreon.com slash whiskey and wonder for that information. Um, if you're not, if you're just listening to the podcast, check us out on YouTube. Just search whiskey and wonder until we get enough subscribers. Uh, we can't have a pretty little you know, youtube.com slash whiskey and wonder. So, um, email, if you want to talk to us directly, contact at whiskey And if you, if you are watching on YouTube or even if you're, I don't know where, if you're able to leave a comment, wherever you listen to your podcast, do so like, let us know. We, we appreciate all the comments we get on YouTube. Even if some of them are, uh, <laughs> disagreeing with some of the things that we've said on here. We, you know, we appreciate the feedback. Yes, we appreciate every, the difference of opinion. Everything. So yeah, email us and comment and let us know even if you don't like us. Yeah, we, and let as, us know. as far as emails, we have a awesome mail time segment. We don't do anymore um, because we don't have any mail. So we like to hear from you guys. Um, it does make our day whenever we get emails. So yeah, please send them in. Yeah. Uh, you can also check us out at whiskeyandwonder.com. We've got a little store there. It's got some t-shirts, some uh, whiskey tumblers with our logo, got some stickers and stuff like that. So check that out. And um, I think that's about it, other than just want to shout out to all the people who do subscribe on yes. Patreon. 
who do donate on PayPal. You can find all the information if you do want to support us down in the link below. Um, but yeah, we couldn't do this without you and we do this for you guys. So yeah. Thank you guys so much. It is a huge help. So you have, you have no idea. Uh, Megan is exercising her new <laughs> refound control. Refound control. I literally just did buttons. that. Like did two, you really? Like two minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> I always do it when I hit the, so a little behind the scenes here. We both have the ability, if you're on YouTube, to make these pop up. And uh, <laughs> I always do it when I'm doing, going through the social media thing. And Megan just like, <laughs> just right again. So you guys have seen it three times in the last like five minutes. So now you've got to go follow and subscribe. Yes. Yep. And all that information just popped up on YouTube. If you're not on YouTube, check the show sure. notes for the description and you can see that. Yes. The open segment. <laughs> I don't know what's funny, guys. I literally just looked at Megan and she just. So um, those of you guys on YouTube and even on the podcast, I giggled a little bit and I tried to catch myself. Um, saw me like look down at my phone and I like tried to control myself from laughing. So I guess I need to tell you guys what's happening. During the. During, the, during the announcements. Oh, during the announcements. I, yep. didn't, I didn't catch it. Well, good. I'm glad. I tried to stop myself. So um, Jamie and I have two cats uh, uh, with our two dogs. Um, and so we got a baby gate today to like block off the laundry room with, where we, you know, we keep the litter boxes, the cat food, just make life a little bit easier. Um, and... Uh, Jamie sent me a text in the middle of the announcements saying that Toast, who is our fat cat, who's actively on a diet, <laughs> we're trying to get him to lose weight, but Toast can't fit through the pet, like, cat slot. of. <laughs> He's a fat cat. Can't fit through the door, huh? Yep. Um, We've all been there. <laughs> I mean, come on, let's face it. Most most of us. I'm not gonna say we've all been there, but like I mean we've all had those moments. Yeah. So Jamie sent me like a panic text, like Toast can't get <laughs> into the laundry room to get his food or the litter box because <laughs> he's too fat. Um and then like two minutes passed and she corrected herself, nah, he figured it out. <laughs> but I'm just over here just trying to picture this cat, trying to like squeeze through huh sorry it totally broke my brain um and i'm still affected by it so i'm sorry guys that's what's happening currently right now in this moment honestly i'm just kind of picturing like garfield yes so that that's <laughs> what i'm here or seeing in my, my brain um so what's been going on megan um well uh so sorry to interrupt your water well, drink that's there. all right i didn't need a drink of water anyway uh, this week was Jamie's mom's birthday, so shout out to Brandy. Um, you listen sometimes, sometimes you don't, so if you're listening, shout out. Hi, happy birthday. Um, she turned the big 5-0. Nice, uh, congrats. Yes. Happy birthday. Uh, so we went down on Friday and spent the whole day, um, down in their small town in South Carolina with them, um, and we just kind of hung out. Um, and we went to this little tiny boutique pet store. 
that had like all sorts of like baked goods and everything. And I saw something really cool and Jamie was like, well, we have to get that for Bo. And I... Bo, for my dog? Yeah, for your dog. She was like, well, we have to get that for Bo. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And Jamie was like, no, 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 I'm getting it for Bo. So Jamie bought Bo a cigar. Oh, Oh, wow. It literally... It's a pup treat that looks like a cigar. That's awesome. We saw those and immediately was like, Tyler! That's awesome. Oh, well, thank you guys very much. You're welcome. I am excited to see how uh, <laughs> how, he, how he attacks this. Uh, it's probably going to be from the side, to be honest. But the the funny thing is I've I've often joked, like, he's got those... I've got him those bones that are hollow in the middle. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have... Uh, Filling in them. Yeah, I, like peanut butter or cheese or whatever. Uh, yeah, the ones I bought him in the past, they had something else, some like dog, like wet dog food kind of filler anyway. Okay. Uh, he's my So Bo has a very sensitive stomach, and actually one of them made him really, really. Oh, really, like poor he, buddy. Yeah, and he was still living in a crate at that point while I was at work, so he was covered in poop. Oh. Um, but I, I've got to where I just buy the hollow ones and put peanut butter in there. And um, every once in a while, he'll like grab one out and he like carries it in the side of his mouth like, a, like, like it's a, a cigar. big cigar. And, uh, <laughs> that's hilarious that, that you guys found an actual dog cigar treat. Yes. Well, thank you guys for that. I'm, uh, I'll You're give welcome. it to him as soon as soon as we finish recording and see how he handles it. Maybe I'll yeah. maybe I'll film it and put it up on the uh, you definitely on should, the gram should film it and send it to me. I'll put it up on the gram or okay, uh, whatever. But yeah, uh, so and it is uh, like. Limited ingredient healthy treat, so it should not make him sick. Yeah, it's just usually the like whatever was in that specific wet food, and he's he's sensitive with like other kibble and stuff, but you know, I think he'll be fine. He's usually pretty good with treats, yeah. Um, but so anything else fun happened this week? Um, I think that was the main thing. We just got so excited seeing that cigar when we were with Jamie's mom that, I mean, we had to, I had, had to get it for you and I had to give it to you guys. Well, so. like I said, we, we do appreciate it. Your dog is. She wants the she cigar wants real it bad, bad. And it is not for you, Navia. <laughs> I'm just sitting here <laughs> booping her nose and she is acting like I am doing nothing. Nope, she um, just is staring at the cigar like, yeah. you going to give that to me, right, Tyler? Yep, no. no. <laughs> it's um, for Bo. You have a like little peanut butter cup at home. You can eat that. So uh, it's been a pretty... I'm trying to think what's happened during my week. I think it's been a pretty dull week. Um, I might have mentioned this on the uh, podcast before, but I have a room an unfinished room above my garage um that ultimately is going to become our right now we do this in a bedroom um in my house it's ultimately going to become uh um, our studio sorry i had to move the cigar nay is getting very close at the edge of the table um so i've got some contractors out giving me some quotes for finishing that room off i had originally started doing it shelby and i had we got most of the insulation in there and then just kind of ran out of time and the ability to, to actually work on it. And and so now it's it's something that we want to get done, especially with Shelby 
moving in here, it's kind of going to be like, um, I don't want to call it a man cave, but it's going to be a place. My house is fairly small. It's a place we can go and get away from each other. My dad calls his his man penthouse because it is also above, like rather than being in the basement, it's the man penthouse. I like that. (laughs) I like that. I bet you're listening, Papa Cross. I am, uh, I'm going to steal that. Also, by the way, Papa Cross, if you do hear this in time, if you're in the Denver area, let us know. We'll be there. Shoot us a text. I'll give you more details. I don't want to give too many details. On the podcast. On the podcast. But yeah. But yeah. And Tyler is going to Colorado. Yes, we are. We are coming your way. So. You guys should meet um, up and have dinner somewhere. Take yeah. Him, absolutely. Take him somewhere nice. <laughs> yeah, we will. We'll take you somewhere nice. <laughs> I meant um, dad take you somewhere nice. But. No, we still, we still owe them for the the race tickets that was incredibly sweet of them and we had such a blast um so i i've got that going with the contractors um other than that i finished i did i think last week i said i was building the planter yes um so i was able to finish that i'm i'm um i can't say that i'm happy with the way it came out but it looks so cool Oh, there are several things that I have wrong with it, but it came out, I would say it's like 90% of the way there. There's some, you know, for a prototype, it, you know, it's it's fine. I'm willing to give it away. It's not something I would sell. Um, I have started building a different type of planter this week. I've actually started assembling it. It's basically a... Um, like a standing garden bed. Okay. Um, so it's basically, it it's, you know, it stands about 30 inches off the ground. Okay. And it's going to have, a, you know, it'll be about this long. And I'm, I'm being vague on the dimensions for the people listening and, and watching because I don't want you copying my idea. <laughs> Even though I copied it off somebody on the internet. <laughs> I'm not going to. Find your own person to copy. Yeah. I'm not going to support plagiarism. Enable, I'm just going to participate in it. plagiarism. I'm just going to, you know, I actually, I made a, I made some changes to the design myself. I actually drew it up in, um, in my design software. Um, but anyway, it stands, you know, about yay high. It's about yay wide or long and, and, you know, about yay wide. And you, you can either just put plants in there. You can put, um, uh, landscaping fabric, or you could even do like a trash bag with holes in it. Mm-hmm. And and put it in the bottom and put dirt in there and grow plants in it. Okay. And so, I'm looking at doing that. I'm what? probably gonna have to paint it. Okay. Because um, it I'm using wood that I'm like reclaimed wood from leftover fence pickets Shelby had, and when we I, I think I mentioned the blue dye incident on here. Mm-hmm. I think it, you did. It got stained. A lot of that wood got stained, so it's going to have to be painted. I think that blue dye will show through any any sort any of staining. stain. Yeah, so. But I've got all the pieces cut and sanded. It's just a matter of putting it together now. Cool. Making sure. I tried putting a little bit together earlier, and I just, the screws I had were inch and a quarter, and I need inch screws, so I got to go to Lowe's. So I'm trying to picture this in my head. If it's like 30 inches off the ground, is it? hollow all the way through like do you do you have like a like two feet of dirt it, mm. 
It will have a... It has a bottom, and it's about yay deep. Okay. And so you can put as much or as little dirt as you want. Here, I'll show you the... I'll show you the thing. Hold on. Okay. So the reason I'm just trying to picture in my head what finished product looks like, and I'm thinking of like a giant, like three foot deep. Not that deep. Thing that like you would have to fill with a ton of dirt and then plant. And I was, I was trying, I'm, I guess trying to figure out what it's going to look like in my head. And I'm yeah, struggling. I, actually, hold on. I'm not going to pull, I'm not going to pull up SketchUp because it, um, and trying to run all this might uh have make the computer go like no 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 no. Um yeah, sorry, Shelby's also texting. Okay, so I I this picture's going to look stupid because it's all different colors. Okay. Um the thing that you have to do, I didn't go when I designed it, I just measured out the length and divided mm-hmm. it by the number of planks I would need. I did not put all the dark blue planks in, but that entire bottom section will be dark blue planks. Okay. Oh, okay. I get so, it. So it's I get like it. a standing garden. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. And That's I can cool. I can make them in a uh, bunch of different sizes. I just chose to make the, the prototype about yay long. That's cool. So, yeah. All so, right. It, uh, it's going to look really cool, guys. Yeah. Hopefully. That's the plan. Um been able to make it so far it's costed me six dollars i had to go buy a couple extra pieces of wood um so that's uh yeah that's what i've been working on all week that i i last minute got drafted into a chili competition and made a chili with ground elk Ooh, Um, yum it actually came out pretty good if i do say so myself i went i took my normal chili recipe and kind of Drastically, uh, I'm not going to say drastically, but I experimented. I did things I didn't normally do. I'll let you try a little bit uh, yeah. when we get off here. Um, I have just a little bit left, and I haven't eaten supper yet. So, All right. I mean, I want to try some chili, so okay. hell well, yeah. It's got ground elk in it. I love elk. I love venison. Delicious. Okay. Well, I will be honest. You won't know it's elk. Really? Yeah. So if I hadn't told people yesterday, they would have thought it was ground beef because I got a secret. But you got a secret. I do. But um, yeah. All right. Well, I guess that about covers it. Unless you got anything else that happened this week you wanted to. No. All no. Right. Birthday was a big thing. Opening the bottle. Uh, all oh. right. So we're both on our phones. That's terrible. Yep. So Shelby knows I'm podcasting and keeps texting me. Um, Megan, I'm sure, is looking up the... The barrels? Yeah, the notes for the whiskey. All right. We are drinking this week barrel bourbon cask strength, batch number 033. Um, and looking on their website, apparently, like, they break down everything like all of their individual batches and like give gives you like tasting notes and everything for each individual batch they make so i found on their website like this exact um exact whiskey um so a little bit about barrel craft so louisville based barrel craft spirits is the original preeminent independent blender of unique 
age, cask, strength, whiskey, and rum. Recognized for our blending expertise since 2013, we skillfully design, produce, and launch leading unique products that surprise and delight whiskey aficionados and novices alike. As the most innovative, forward-thinking, and progressive whiskey blenders in the nation, man, they're a little, like, confident. We have an unrelenting drive to break the status quo by selecting and blending products that explore different distillation methods, barrels, and aging environments, and bottle them at cast strength. All blends are not created equal. Experience matters. We don't simply follow a recipe a recipe or blend by consensus. Rather, we blend based on years of expertise and experimentation. We personally taste and blend hundreds of products each year and have experimented with thousands of unique blends over the past 10 years. We are passionate perfectionist fueled by curiosity. Um, and they basically keep going uh, about how passionate and how passion i have passion that is that i've is, got passion for passion that's <laughs> basically what this is saying um so barrel bourbon batch 033 is a marriage of high rye barrels and high corn barrels ranging in age from 5 to 9 years the high rare the high rye barrels were chosen for their distinct stone fruit black pepper and nutmeg notes High corn barrels. Whoa, 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 whoa. How am I supposed to... I'm supposed to be smelling. This isn't the flavor... The notes for this exact whiskey. Oh, okay. This is just telling you why they picked the blends they picked. Gotcha. Um, so... So So what were those again? They were what fruit and pepper and... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, the high corn barrels were chosen for their rich butterscotch, coffee, and citrus notes, and the two barrels mingled together for two months... Um, and then the balance was adjusted for the most optimal combination. Um, so this is a blend of straight bourbon whiskeys distilled and aged in Tennessee, Kentucky, and Indiana. Um, they are aged in American white oak barrels um, and bottled in Kentucky. It won double gold at the Cigar and Spirits Awards in 2022, and it took gold at the John Barley Corn Awards in 2022. So I want to take a moment. I want to give a big thanks. Uh, This was a gift, a Christmas gift from uh, my buddy Tim. So Tim, thank you so much. This is a, um, it's a great, great bourbon uh, that I've received as a gift. Um, I have had it before, so spoiler alert. Um, it is 116.6 proof and it, I noticed while you were talking, it says on the back of the bottle, there, distilled in Kentucky, Indiana, and Tennessee. So I'm sure there's some MGP, uh, whiskey in there. That's the Indiana part. Um, but there's nothing wrong with that. They make good stuff too. So, uh, when I smelled it, I definitely got the citrus. Mm-hmm. And I definitely got the uh, pepper. Um, it kind of very burn your nose hair. Yeah, it kind of lit my nose on fire there at the from the get go. But um, it's not an unpleasant. No, not, not unpleasant. unpleasant. Um, definitely it. So this is going to be the worst comparison ever because I don't get this smell at all. But the experience in my nose makes me go wasabi. Like, very like, like horseradish. 
people saw me. Yeah, yeah, like it, it very much clears out my sinuses and like, like I can. Yeah, I definitely breathe just, better. I, I got it in the back of my nose that time. As a matter of fact, it made my eyes water. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a rough smell. Yeah, so it's very, very light your nose on fire, very sinus clearing, um, very, very citrusy. I'm getting a lot of um, orange peel. I'm getting lemon. I'm getting lime. Yeah, I I get orange mainly, orange or orange peel. Orange peel. Um, I don't get much sweet. <sighs> I guess that orange is coming. I think you said that was coming from the burb or the, yeah, the bourbon aspect of it. You said there was a rye, rye aspect, which is probably giving it that, that spice. Um, uh, one other note about this: I was actually talking to a friend John Five on uh, his birthday. We were texting a little bit back and forth, and I was having some of this, and. Um, Sent him a picture, said, you know, having some of this, thinking about you, happy birthday, blah, blah, blah. And he sent me back a picture of the same bottle from a different <laughs> batch. So <gasps> next time next time we get together, that's going to be one we you have to You guys are going to have to try it and compare. compare and contrast. Um, um, so. Because, yeah, they're the um, barrel bourbon website, like, breaks down every individual batch, every... So I'm very curious to know what one he got. Yeah, and I am. Uh, how I, it differs. I can actually tell you. I'm sure I've got the picture left. Um, um, well, as you do that, I would say our consensus is citrus and spicy. Um, we are supposed to be smelling. Oh, my God. Well, this comes directly from, from their uh, website. We are supposed to be smelling pear. Lemon meringue and shoe fly pie. Shoe fly pie. Shoe, yeah, shoe fly. <laughs> I've never heard that heard of that before wow. in my life. What is shoe? What is shoe fly pie? I don't know, but I've at least heard of it. I've never heard of that before. So I was like, shoe fly. What the fuck is shoe fly? <laughs> Megan, you ain't from the south. That's I am sure. not. I'm not from the south. Um. So, so let's try that again. We are supposed to be smelling pear, lemon meringue, and shoe fly pie. Um, a bouquet of jasmine, ooh, nasturtium, nasturtium. Mm, that I'm fucking that up. It's a type of flower. Yeah. And dandelion, white, uh, or wild peppermint, and gentian root. Um, all these fucking things are too frou frou. I'm I'm happy if I get three big ones. These uh, like, people are oh a little bit of oh dan- we're not done dandelion. We're not done. So we got the jasmine, the nasturtium, whatever the dandelion, uh, peppermint, gentian root, oak barrel, and then edamame, macadamia nut, and mesquite smoke. All in the nose, just the nose. And this is directly from the website. You know how they kind of they. Hee-haw, hee-haw. I mean, that's, I'm just gonna push that button and cause them like a season. Yep. Um, that's a little pompous. Pompous barrel. is exactly the. Yeah. Pompous yeah. is how I felt reading their about me page. Yeah. Very pompous. Um. Well. 
How, did you t- no, try I'm it? No, I'm sorry. I got caught up in the pompous thing. Uh, no, I haven't t- tried it. I okay. mean, I have, but I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't tried it in this second. Um, with all of those supposed taste or smelling notes, I'm very excited to try the tasting notes because glancing at the paragraph, it is just as long as the smelling notes were. So we're going to see what all they say. Um, but I'm waiting for Tyler to be able to talk here for a second. So what I'm going to talk to you about is shoe fly pie. Do you have, uh, do you have shoe fly pie in your heart? Do you have, you know, is he, is he your Lord and savior shoe fly pie? Uh (laughs) Apparently, (laughs) apparently it's a type of American pie made with molasses associated with the Pennsylvania Dutch cuisine. Basically it's Mennonite and Amish. Mm. Um, and it's kind of like a shepherd's pie with molasses. Oh, so it's like a savory pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It ain't a dessert. No, 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 no. Um, now that Megan's had a chance to sip this, uh, I got a... Uh, you know, like a fight scene where somebody gets like three quick, three or four mm-hmm. quick punches jammed on? That's basically what this felt like. It was like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Of, as far as the flavors go, it wasn't bad. It's just hard. I, I definitely got some of the citrus on the front end. I had a very, um, it, like it's just now going away, lengthy spice on the back end. Um, I would need to have more, but none of it was unpleasant. No. None of it. It was It was just very fast and a lot thrown at you. That 100%. Um, I've taken two sips now, and the first sip was 100% like you get hit in the face, like just back to back to back to back to back. Um, the second sip, I got a lot more sweetness, and I got a lot more sweetness. The second sip, the yeah. the spice does like to linger. Um, it's making me salivate. Um, that's what my chili's gonna do too. Oh, interestingly, yummy. the spice in my chili, unlike most spices that I have had, where it's spicy in your mouth on your tongue, my chili was spicy in your throat. Ooh, it was very interesting. It was a it was a unique. I'm excited to try your Unique chili experience. Um, I get, you know, I kind of get the, like you said, I'm kind of salivating, salivating a little bit. And part of the flavor of that is a little chocolatey. Interestingly enough. Huh? A little bit oaky, a little bit chocolatey, like chocolate wood, chocolate covered wood. I just invented a new snack. Chocolate covered wood. Yeah. Um, hold on. Now we gotta have a now we gotta have a slogan that says something like uh, the only way to get splinters in your mouth, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And chocolate covered wood. You heard it first here. Yeah. Thompson's teeth. The only teeth strong <laughs> enough to eat other teeth. <laughs> Oh, that's a that's one of the fake ads from Futurama. If you if you know, you know. Okay, chocolate covered wood. I get it. I get it. I don't like it. I get it. So I I also get that orange just for a split second. Yeah. Right on the tip of my tongue, it goes sweet. Then it comes in with more of like a very intense peppermint burn, mm-hmm. leaving the kind of chocolatey woody aftertaste that that would be my description of this okay i for the most part i think i agree with you um 
I do think there is, with the chocolatey aftertaste, there is still um, some spiciness there, like some burn, like enough that I can like feel it on my tongue like I bit into a jalapeno. Not that strong, but you know what I mean. Um, like an, I can tell that there's spice here. Um, so at first, a little bit of orange, citrusy, um, that chocolate wood though. Yeah. Chocolate wood with like some spice, like you had a habanero chocolate. See to me, uh, that's interesting because the spice is not peppery. No, it's minty. Oh, I'm getting pepper. I, I get like a minty spice, like, um, peppermint more than I do pepper. No, I get pepper, like, at mildest, I would say black pepper, but I it's closer to, like, a, it's a spicier pepper than a black pepper. That's interesting. Yeah. So, before you read. Oh, yes. I would like to pause. Everybody pause. We're going to do an over-under here on how many flavors or adjectives they've come up with. I'm going to set the line at six and a half different flavors they list off in their description. So you guys comment, send us emails, whether you think it it's you're taking the over or the under. Do you think it's more than more than six and a half or do you think it's less than six and a half? Megan, what is your you've already seen it. Never mind. I've already seen it, so I'm not gonna tell I'm you. Saying, I'm taking the over. You would you have to be correct in your over. Oh boy. <laughs> so ready like get your fingies ready to count. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Champagne. One. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Applesauce. Two. Ah, ah, ah. Candied grapefruit peel. That doesn't even exist. And candied grapefruit peel. Um, oak. Baking spice. Cocoa powder. Allspice. Star anise. And juniper. And then they're finished. But wait. There's more. A burst of heat rides a wave of minerals across the palate that includes limestone, beach sand, saltwater taffy, geranium, elderflower, and chamomile. The finish fades to a bitter prickle of gentian fruit and lime peel before wiping the palate clean. All right, guys, that's 18. If you pick the over, you win nothing. Well, barrel bourbon. I think, I think I heard oak in there, which I did agree with. <laughs> um, oof. I, are there people out there? who actually can taste all this stuff. I don't even know what half of that shit was. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. Uh, this. This is what I'm going to say. Spoiler alert. Spoiler, if you don't want to hear what I think about this, skip the next minute. I've had this before. It's good. I gave this to non-whiskey drinkers. They liked it. Slow down on your fucking pompousness. That turns yeah. that's literally this is a good whiskey, but that turns me off from your business. That 
that's kind of like where I'm feeling. Like it, this is really good, but God, the yeah, the stick up the company's yeah. ass. I'm like, whoa, guys, yeah. like, yeah. chill out. You're not a two thousand it, dollar. It's good bottle of whiskey. You're it fine. Ain't, it ain't eighteen flavors. No, no, like it. This is just a chill and and rant. Chill. Pull the stick out like two notches. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> all right. Um, we're done. All right. Well, we're going to sip on yes. this bad boy. And I'm going to teach you. And we're we're going to learn. Gonna, we're going to yeah. finish up learning about the king. It's time for the wonder segment. All right. Tyler, push those buttons. Get yep. us ready. All right. So. Like I said early on, <clears throat> today we're wrapping up Elvis. If you have not listened to uh, parts one and two, we strongly encourage that you go back and take you a listen. Some of this stuff we're going to re- refer to people. I'm going to try to point them out as we refer to them, but we introduced them in the other two episodes. Sorry, I took a sip of bourbon during the switch and it's making me salivate. Now I got to swallow it. <sighs> That's what she said. Um, (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) we learned about his early life and his career part one and two we learned how he went from a regional star to an international star who got drafted in the military and we basically left with Elvis returning to his military service after his mother's funeral Uh, now we're going to dive into the rest of his life in 1958 after completing his training at Fort Hood Elvis was assigned to the first medium tank battalion 32D, or I'm sorry, 32nd Armor, uh, 3rd Armor Division. I just left out all the all the stuff there. Um, this was in Fried, Friedberg or Friedberg, Germany. Probably Friedberg. Yeah, I think it's Friedberg. God damn, that sentence was just full of typos. <laughs> Fiendberg. Uh, anyway, in Friedberg, Germany, on September 19th, he left Fort Hood the army port in Brooklyn, New York, where Uncle Colonel Tom Parker had arranged for a short press conference that doubled as a photo op of Elvis getting on the ship that would carry him to Germany. On September 22nd, Elvis was shipped across the pond to Germany where he would spend the rest of his military career. While on the ship to Germany, Elvis met Charlie Hodge, another performer who had achieved moderate success prior to being drafted. Hodge and Elvis quickly became close friends, and Hodge even tried to talk Elvis into performing in a show for the troops with him, to which Elvis finally agreed, but only if Elvis was just playing piano in the background. Parker instilled in Elvis that he should not participate in any public performances of any kind while he was in the service. We talked about this in the previous episode, um, so go listen to that if you haven't. That, that should be episode two, I think. But go listen to the first one, too. Episode 101, not episode two. Yeah, the second Elvis episode. Second part. (laughs) Yep, part two. On October 1st, 1958, Elvis' ship arrived in Germany, and shortly afterward, Elvis was offered the option to join the special services once again. However, he refused again. Elvis was then assigned uh, to drive the commanding officer around. However, the commanding officer didn't enjoy the attention that surrounded Elvis, and he transferred him to drive a sergeant. (laughs) 
soon Elvis was able to move off base and he decided to move his family to Germany into what uh, it, it was like a hotel or a boarding house kind of situation. I couldn't really find it. You know, it was some weird German word, but that's kind of what it seemed like. Um, okay. But anyway, he brought his family to Germany to live with him. Like a hostel situation? No, it was like a hotel or like a boarding house kind of thing okay. where you like rent rent a room or two or, you know, something like that. Hmm. Okay. Um, Uncle Colonel Tom Parker, uh, he would write to Elvis almost daily, keeping him informed of what was going on back in the U.S. Parker had arranged for RCA and 20th Century Fox to make Elvis's transition back into normal life as smooth as possible once his service time was over. Parker had also gotten RCA to re or to release Elvis's press conference uh, from when he had left Brooklyn as an album somehow, uh, which was earning him money. Um, okay. Yep. Twenty. It, it was weird times. Everybody wanted some Elvis. Twentieth um, Century Fox had agreed on paying Elvis two hundred thousand dollars and splitting the pot profits fifty fifty for him to star in a film upon his return with the option for a second film at $250,000 and 50-50, which is a hell of a deal. What year is this? This was uh, 1958, but he didn't get out of the military until 60, I think, so. What? But it was... It was $200,000 for the original film, $250,000 if they chose to make a second, and he got 50% of the profit. Of the film of both films, and the so we'll say in nineteen fifty. Just call it nineteen sixty. Nineteen sixty. So, Jesus Christ! Yeah, he was making money hand over fist. Two hundred thousand dollars in nineteen sixty is equivalent to about two million twenty one thousand four hundred and eighteen dollars in twenty twenty three money. On top of that. Paramount also agreed to pay Elvis 175000 per film for a potential three-film series. And these weren't like what you get now in a three-film series. It wasn't like you, you know, Star Wars 1, 2, and 3. It was just like, hey, we're going to pay you for three different films, but you'll be contracted for three films. So uh, Parker uh, was, kept releasing stories to news outlets on Elvis's time overseas and generally was doing a very good job keeping his name in the spotlight despite Elvis being MIA. RCA began putting pressure on Parker for more material to release because they thought they would run out of material before, he, before Elvis got out of the Army in uh, March of 1960. Uh, this resulted in Parker agreeing to send Elvis a tape recorder and have him sing gospel songs while playing the piano which Elvis did. Despite cooperating with RCA, these songs were not released until decades later. Uh, RCA ultimately would be able to release enough material, some of which was pre-recorded by Elvis prior to his service time, and some were just re-releases of previous works, but it was enough to keep his name out there and keep him famous until his time in the Army was over. Um... The main things to take away from the rest of Elvis's time in the army is that he uh, partied a lot while he was on leave in Paris and uh, I forget the other place, Monaco, maybe I don't remember some European party place. Uh, he met his future wife, Priscilla at one of these parties and he was introduced to karate, which he began studying seriously. Fellas, I did not know that Elvis studied karate. Yeah. He was a karate master. 
I should not know that. Actually, I don't know if he was a master, but he did. He did take it seriously. He studied it. Um, fellow soldiers said that Elvis genuinely wanted to be seen as quote an ordinary soldier, uh, despite his fame, and he chose to donate his entire army pay to charity, and he bought TVs for the entire post. Um, That's cool. Oh yeah. I almost forgot to mention that the Army also introduced Elvis to amphetamines. While training, a sergeant offered Elvis amphetamines, which are a central nervous stimulant typically get used to treat ADHD, narcolepsy, and obesity. Elvis loved them for the energy they gave him, but also for the strength and the weight loss. Um, most of his outfit regularly took them. And that started a dark and deep pit. That Elvis would never climb out of. Uh, it's 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 very interesting because it actually wasn't really amphetamines. Was it not amphetamines? It that... wasn't. Okay. Not no. Sorry, I'm no, getting no, no, ahead no, no, of the no. game. No, 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 You're fine, but it that it, it did start something. So, and I'll touch on that later. On March second, nineteen sixty, Elvis left Germany for the U.S. And on March fifth, he was officially officially honorably discharged from the army. Hot damn. Elvis is back. On March 20th, Elvis began working uh, working on songs for a new album at the RCA Nashville studio, which resulted in RCA rushing out a single called Stuck on You. It very quickly went to number one. Good song. A second recording session two weeks later, and two more singles were released, and all of the material for the album Elvis is Back was completed. It would go on to reach number two on the chart beating everything. I, I couldn't imagine what kept Elvis's uh, first album after the Army from going number one. Do you want to take a guess at what it was? Abbey Road. No. No. I expected it to be the Beatles, too. The Beatles weren't on there for the entire year. It was the soundtrack from The Sound of Music. Oh. And they were almost all soundtracks for the entire year. The only one I can remember that wasn't was a Frank Sinatra album for one week. Wow. Yeah. I, I think the movies had a hell of a, a... Hell of a year. Not a hell of a year. They just... That was the... People obsessed over movies a lot more back then and the soundtracks associated with them. I mean, have you seen The Sound of Music? I have. Yeah. Really? Eh. Yeah. It's also a movie. I don't like movies, so that's true. It's, um, okay. Um. <clears throat> so let's see. Uh, it was going to be number number two on the chart, beating everything but the Sound of Music soundtrack. Uh, one quote I found interesting about this album was quote Elvis's singing wasn't sexy; it was pornographic. Oof. End quote. Elvis was back. Uh, Elvis returned to television on May 12th as a guest on the Frank Sinatra Timex special. This was an interesting ex appearance because if you'll remember from one of the previous parts uh, that we talked about, Frank Sinatra poo-pooed Elvis and his performances and his style of music. Um, but despite this previous spat, this would be Elvis's only performance in front of a live crowd in 1960. It was also called the, quote, Welcome Home Elvis, end quote, uh, I'm sorry, it was also called, quote, Welcome Home Elvis, end quote, as it was actually recorded in March of 1960 and wasn't aired on TV until May 12th. 
Rounding out 1960, Elvis would also shoot his first film since his military service, which was G.I. Blues. Uh, and he also recorded the soundtrack to it and released his, uh, his first true LP of gospel songs. Uh, this album, His Hand in Mine, would reach 13 on the U.S. pop charts, which is extremely high for a gospel album. In early 1961, Elvis performed a few shows for local Memphis charities and recorded his next studio album, Something for Everybody, which would go on to be his sixth number one album. On March 25th, 1961, Elvis performed in Hawaii at a benefit concert, raising, uh, raising money for a Pearl Harbor memorial. This would be Elvis's last public performance for seven years. Why? We'll find out. Okay. <laughs> Next, just after these advertisements. <laughs> Whiskey uh, Wonder is sponsored by Elvis. Turvis. By what? What did you say? I said Turvis, but... Oh. <laughs> That's funny. They both ended with this. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, old Uncle Colonel Tom had pushed Elvis into a period of heavy filmmaking. In total, Elvis would make 27 films uh, during the 1960s. Originally, Elvis wanted to star in more dramatic roles, but Parker wanted him to star in more profitable movies. Uh, the two more dramatic roles that Elvis did, did portray were both much less successful than previous movies he had made. So, ultimately, he made several formulaic, budgeted musical comedies, which were all profitable, despite movie critics describing them as, quote, bad taste. Hal Wallace, who produced nine of Elvis's 27 films during that decade, is quoted as saying, A Presley picture is the only sure thing in Hollywood. Elvis was typically turn, churning out three movies per year and recorded the, recorded the soundtrack to 15 of the 27 movies along with another five more soundtrack EPs, which basically is like a shorter album that... I, honestly, I don't know what the difference is between an EP and an LP. Um, but basically, he recorded 22 of the 27 soundtracks. According to Jerry Lieber... Excuse me, Elvis's early music producer. This schedule really affected Elvis's music, and that the soundtrack formula was evident before he left for the army. According to Lieber, the formula was three ballads, one medium tempo number, one up tempo, and one break blues boogie. As the decade wore on, the quality became progressively worse. Mm. Gordon Stoker of the Jordanaires. Uh, which was Elvis's backup singers, for those that don't remember from the previous episodes, uh, described how Elvis would, quote, retreat from the studio microphone and how and that, quote, the material was so bad that he felt like he couldn't sing it, end quote. Most of the soundtracks featured one or two songs that were written by respected songwriters. However, the majority of them were written by people contracted to write them. Or, as biographer Jerry Hopkins put it, quote, written on order by men who never really understood Elvis or rock and roll. Despite the quality of the writing, it's generally believed that Elvis sang them well and with genuine commitment. So he did his best, but... With what he was given. Yeah, the quality just wasn't there. And Elvis was never a songwriter, um, so... In 1966, just before Christmas, Elvis proposed to Priscilla... Uh, Boelo, I don't know, B-A-E, 
No, I'm sorry. B E A U L I E U. It's like Bo Low. I don't know. Bolio. Bolio, Bolo, whatever. Um, who I mentioned he met while he joined while in the army. The two had been together for over seven years at this point, um, and the two were married on May first, nineteen sixty-seven, in a small and brief ceremony in their suite at the Aladdin Hotel in Las Vegas. Now, I don't have this in my notes, but I do think it's worth uh, mentioning out there before somebody comments and tells me how Elvis was a pedophile. Um, so when they met, she was fourteen; he was ten years older than her. Oh. Um. So, but it was a. Her parents were aware they were that dating. Doesn't make it better. Yeah, I said, but they had signed and approved. So I don't know. Anyway, I just want to throw that out there for somebody commented like, "Oh, you didn't talk about how he's a pedophile." Uh, um, also, pedophile, even if your parents say, "Oh, it's okay." Also, different times. It was a lot more accepted back then. It was, but it doesn't make it right. Well, I don't. I try not to hold historic people to mm. our. Morals of the day. Mm. So, in October 1967, after the release of Clambake, uh, of the Clambake soundtrack, um, I'm sorry, let me start that over. In October of 1967, after the release of the Clambake soundtrack registered record low sales for a quote-unquote Presley album, RCA realized they had an issue. Historians Connie... Kirkberg and Mark Hendrick uh, said, quote, by then, of course, the damage had been done. Elvis was viewed as a joke by serious music lovers and a has-been to all but his most loyal fans, end quote. Wolf. RCA and Uncle Colonel Tom had milked their cash cow dry by doing the same thing over and over and over until the cow was worn out and the product was stale. On February 1st, 1968, Elvis' only child, Lisa Marie, the person whose death actually inspired me to cover this topic, was born. At the same time, Elvis was deeply unhappy with the state of his career, as only two of the eight singles he had released between January 1967 and May of 1968, so that's about a year and a half, uh, only two of them had charted in the top 40. Two songs in the top 40 in a year and a half. How the Mighty Had Fallen. Uncle Colonel Tom had begun shifting his focus to TV appearances, which Elvis had not done since the Frank Sinatra Timex special that I mentioned earlier. He was able to negotiate a theatrical feature and a Christmas TV special with NBC. The special was recorded in June in Burbank, California, and it was called Elvis. It was not released on TV until December 3rd, 1968, when it would become known as the 68 Comeback Special. It featured Elvis performing in front of a small crowd, his first live performance since 1961. He wore a tight black leather outfit. He sang and he played guitar in a, quote, uninhibited style reminiscent of his early rock and roll days, end quote. The NBC director and co-producer Steve Bender worked hard to produce a show that was, quote, Far from an hour of Christmas songs Parker had originally planned, end quote. So Parker just wanted him up there singing Christmas songs, and these guys made it a career revival. And I'm going to pause to take a little drinky drink. All right. You go ahead and do that. Um, man, 
I don't have a whole lot to say on Elvis right now other than, uh, I mean, you win some, you lose some. Like I, But I know when you've been that high, losing like that. Yep. That hurts. Yep. Um, <clears throat> the performance was the highest rated show on NBC for all of, uh, <laughs> in, my, in my notes, I wrote 1698. It's supposed to be 1968. Uh, it was the highest rated show on NBC for all of 1968, and it captured a full 42% of the entire television viewing audience. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot, a lot. We're like, back on top. Feels good to be the king. Yes. Critics remarked, quote, there's something magical about watching a man who's lost himself find his way back home, end quote. And that's exactly fact. what that performance was for Elvis. Fact. Big fact. The song, If I Can Dream, which was written for the special, reached number 12 on the charts, and the soundtrack album reached number 10. Jerry Schilling, one of Elvis's friends, said that uh, the special reminded Elvis of, quote, what he had not been able to do for years, being able to choose the people, being able to choose what songs, and not being told what had to be on the soundtrack. He was out of prison, man. End quote. Elvis was uh, Elvis when shown a recording of the performance by Steve Bender said, quote, Steve, it's the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. I give you my word. I will never sing a song I don't believe in. End quote. So it Hell sounds yeah. like Elvis kind of popped up. Yeah, he got it. He took his blinders off. He stopped yeah. doing what everybody told him to and did what he wanted. To, Hell to yeah. Hell yeah. What he what he truly felt. Um after the comeback special was released, Elvis was brought out of his depression and began a stint of recording sessions at American Sound Studio, which led to his next album, From Elvis in Memphis, which was released in June of 1969. Critics claimed that the, in the album, Elvis, quote, immediately catches up with pop music trends that had seemed to pass him by during the movie years, end quote. From Elvis in Memphis featured the single uh, In the Ghetto, which reached number three, Elvis's first non-gospel hit or non-gospel top ten hit since 1963. It's been a minute. Elvis was ready and excited to resume regular live performing, and soon had offers rolling in. Uncle Colonel Tom, in typical fashion, only wanted Elvis to book with the venues willing to pay the most. Keep milking that cash cow. Always. Before long, Elvis was booked for 57 shows over a span of four weeks at the brand new International Hotel in Las Vegas. His longtime band members, dating back to his early albums, chose not to accompany Elvis on the road as they had all secured very well-paying positions in Nashville as session, session musicians, and they were all afraid that they would lose these jobs. So Elvis had to hire a new band including two gospel groups, and he hired Bill Ballou, uh, who was the costume designer responsible for the leather outfit featured on the comeback special. Despite the excitement, Elvis was nervous about returning to Vegas. If you remember his only shows there, the two-week-long residency in 1956, they had not been well-received. Uncle Colonel Tom was determined to make Elvis's return, uh, quote, the show business event of the year, end quote, and had the owner of the International Hotel send his own private plane to New York to fly in rock journalists for the debut debut performance. 
He had a fucking way with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> he, like, that charisma, yeah, his charisma I, was so high. Yeah. During the first show, Elvis took the stage without an introduction, and the audience of 2,200 people gave him a standing ovation before he ever sang a note. Damn. So he could have just whiffed it and been like, fine. A second standing ovation followed the first song with a third coming after his encore. Dude got three standing ovations in one performance. That's incredible. Mm. After the show, at a press conference, a journalist referred to Elvis as, quote, the king. However, Elvis gestured towards Fats Domino, who was present, and said, quote, no, that's the real king of rock and roll, end quote. The next day, Uncle Colonel Tom negotiated a deal for Elvis to perform at the hotel during each February and August for the next five years for an annual salary of one million dollars. In what year? 1969? Eight? 69? Yeah, and that was for two months' work. Doing two shows a night for two months. That is equivalent to... Eight million one hundred and fifty-one thousand seven hundred and seventy-one dollars and twelve cents today. To quote Tim, who gifted gifted us this uh, bourbon, it's good to be the king. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, in November of nineteen sixty-nine, Elvis's final non-performance movie, Change of Habit, came out along with the double album. From Memphis to Vegas, from Vegas to Memphis. The first consisted of live performances from the International Hotel, and the second album contained more songs from the American Sound Sessions mentioned earlier. The song Suspicious Minds would reach number one, Elvis's first number one in almost eight years, and sadly, also his last. Elvis's return uh, to the... Elvis returned to the International in February of 1970, where he performed two shows per night. Shortly after, Elvis performed six shows at the Houston Astrodome, all of which shattered atten- attendance records. In April, the single The Wonder of You was released and achieved moderate success. In August, uh, in his August stint at the International, MGM filmed rehearsal and concert footage for the documentary Elvis, That's the way it is. During this filming, Elvis was performing in a white jumpsuit, which became a trademark of his live performances. We all know that one. We all know. You're picturing it. You know it. I've worn one similar. I've done an Elvis (laughs) impersonation. It may or may not be somewhere on YouTube. (gasps) I don't know if it's on YouTube or not, and I have no idea of finding it, but it might be out there for all I know. Goals. (laughs) Goals, find that video. (laughs) Good luck. Uh, During his August 1970 time at the International, uh, Elvis was threatened with murder unless $50,000 was paid. The FBI took this threat seriously, despite Elvis having been threatened regularly since the 1950s, mostly without his knowledge. Jesus. (laughs) They they ran security around him and just kept him in the dark, I guess. Um, But security was stepped up during this incident uh, for the next two shows, and... They went so far as to send Elvis on stage with a pistol in his waistband and a second in his right boot. But nothing happened, so after two shows, it they ended it. I wonder why that that one specifically 
they like took so seriously, but all the others they were like, Meh. I did not find out the details on that. I was very, I had double what I normally research yeah. for this episode. <laughs> so I did not die. You might notice we're kind of just going through a <laughs> timeline more or less. Um, yeah, it's because I have double the amount of notes. So much. I wanted this to end in three, <laughs> three parts. Uh, an album was released to accompany the uh, MGM documentary, also called uh, That's the Way It Is. Music historian uh, John Robertson noted, quote, the authority of Presley's singing helped disguise the fact that the album stepped away from the American roots inspiration of the Memphis Sessions towards a more middle-of-the-road sound with country put on the back burner and soul and R&B left in Memphis what was left was a very classy, very clean white pop, perfect for the Las Vegas crowd, but a definite retrograde step for Elvis. Basically, he was singing songs that pandered to the Vegas crowd and not what Elvis originally became famous and popular for. Mm-hmm. Uh, on September 7th, 1970, just shortly after finishing his August shows in Vegas, Elvis embarked on a one week long, on a week long tour of the South where he had not toured since 1958. On December 21st, 1970, Elvis met with president Richard Nixon and expressed his patriotism and condemned drug use. And I put that detail in there for later. Uh, I, I I didn't mention it in here, but it was also Elvis did condemn drug use, and he also rarely drank because he uh, suppose uh, I think the quote was something like he had a bunch of alcoholics in his family, and he wasn't going to let that happen to him. Oh well. So it was something something to that effect. I mean, he had an addictive personality. He came from addictive personalities. He. Yep. Um, he knew. I'm skipping ahead for time's sake, so uh, we're going to jump to April of 1972. Uh, MGM filmed Elvis again, and this time calling the documentary Elvis on Tour. It would go on to win the Golden Globe for Best Documentary that year. Elvis would also win his second Grammy uh, Grammy Award for his album He Touched Me. That's a name. Um, his first actually came in 1967. Uh, golly, I've got a dog hair in my mouth. I hate that. <laughs> Shortly after the Grammys, a 14-date tour began at Madison Square Garden, where Elvis performed in an unprecedented, unprecedented four consecutive sold-out shows. Oh, no. Oh, it broken. Oh, I, it literally broken. I didn't. Oh, pause. Pause. Oh, are we actually paused? No. No, no. No, we're not actually paused. Okay, guys. Uh, Tyler is busy trying to fix... I haven't been able to hit the buttons. He hasn't hit the buttons. And And we're back. We're back. (laughs) Hey, don't worry about the last 60 seconds. Yep. No. All right. Um, Yeah. Sorry. I have to hit a button to keep them from dying. And I thought I could get through Elvis uh, before they would die. And it didn't work. Yep. Um, So, yeah. Shortly after the Grammys, uh, he began a 14-date tour date at Madison Square Garden, where he performed in an unprecedented four consecutive sold-out shows. The concert on July 10th, 1972. Uh, okay, you are still moving. All right, just good. Uh, the concert <laughs> on July 10th, 1972 was recorded and re-released as Elvis, as recorded at Madison Square Garden. 
Boy, they had clever titles back in the day. Um, are you frozen still? Nope, you're not. Okay. All right, good. Uh, it would go on to be one of Elvis's most selling albums. Uh, Burning Love was released as a single after the tour concluded, and it became Elvis's final top ten hit. Uh, fun fact, this is my favorite Elvis song. Which one? Burning Love. Yes, okay. Uh, despite his refound success, Elvis and Priscilla were growing apart, ultimately resulting in them separating on February 23rd, 1972. Apparently, both of them were involved in separate affairs, and so it was probably for the best. Um, I mentioned Lisa Marie was his only child. It it did come out that Elvis had an affair with um, somebody, and she did get pregnant, but had an abortion. Mm. Um, so he kind of had another child, but didn't. So, um. Anyway, they filed for divorce on August 18th, 1972, and according to one of Elvis's backup singers, the ending of his marriage, quote, was a blow from which he never recovered. In January of 1973, Elvis performed two benefit concerts for the Queeley Cancer Fund, which was filmed as Aloha from Hawaii. This was the first concert by a solo artist to be aired globally. I cannot get this dog hair gone. Are you sure it's um, dog hair, not a beard hair? Yeah, it's a dog hair. It's I, it's attached to my lip. Anyway, Uncle Colonel Tom Parker, who is still hanging with, or who is still hanging on to Elvis's coattails, stated that this performance was seen by one billion people worldwide. And this statement's generally been taken as true, but this number appears to have been purely made up by Uncle by Colonel Uncle Tom. So <laughs> he just threw yeah. a number out there, like whatever. Yeah. The accompanying album, the accompanying album, uh, which was released in February of 1973, reached number one and sold over five million copies. This was Elvis's final number one album. Elvis's divorce was finalized on October 9th, 1973, and by this point, his health had begun declining. He already he had already overdosed twice on barbitur barbiturates barbiturates which is a type of drug that previously was used to treat anxiety and seizures and also to help people sleep. Uh, these drugs were later replaced as they uh, have a psychological addiction and overdose potential. These drugs in high doses are used for medical aid during death as well as in combination with a muscle relaxer for euthanasia and lethal injection. Not good shit to be taken. No, no, that is a poison. Yeah. Uh, it, it honestly, it seems like it just kind of makes you go to sleep. So, not from poison. What, from what I read about, yeah, I guess it is kind of a poison, but you know, a nice poison. <laughs> gentle poison is a word I should say. Gentle, not poison. nice. Gentle. Uh, near the end of 1973, Elvis was hospitalized with a pethidine addiction. Pethidine is a type of opioid. As I mentioned earlier, Elvis was staunchly against drugs. However, his primary care physician said, quote, Elvis felt by, that by getting drugs from a doctor, he wasn't the common everyday junkie uh, getting something off the street, end quote. So it's certainly his time in the military seemed to instill that you're not, you know, 
it, it, it opened him up to the addictive world of medicine and yeah. and he seemed to think as long as he wasn't getting it illegally it was fine um so since his comeback elvis had progressively scheduled more and more shows with 1973 seeing 168 concerts the most he'd ever done despite his failing health he agreed to undertake another intense schedule for 1974 Guitarist John Wilkinson recalled of Elvis in 1974, quote, he was all gut. He was slurring. He was so fucked up. It was obvious he was drugged. It was obvious there was something terribly wrong with his body. It was so bad, the words to the songs were barely intelligible. I remember crying. He could barely get through the introductions, end quote. Fuck. Despite his failing health, Elvis continued to play to sell out crowds, Critics called him a crooner, stating that he was playing to, quote, middle-aged matrons and blue-haired grandmothers, end quote. Elvis's interest in recording songs began waning as well. In December of 1973, he recorded sessions that produced 18 songs, enough for two albums. However, in 1974, he made no official studio recordings. To try and keep RCA happy, Uncle Colonel Tom delivered another live concert recording, which was released as Elvis recorded live on stage in Memphis. They had phenomenal names for these. So creative. Uh, The version, uh, this version of How Great Thou Art won Elvis's third and final Grammy in 1974. I found this interesting that out of his 14 Grammy nominations, his three wins were all for gospel songs. Yeah. In March 1975, Elvis returned to the recording studio, but only for one session, despite Parker's attempts to get him there multiple times throughout the year. RCA and Parker were growing worried that their cash cow was drying up, for real this time. And as a desperate attempt to get more recorded material, RCA sent a mobile recording unit to Graceland that made it possible for Elvis to record in his own home but he was no longer able to effectively record as nope. the process had become a struggle for him. Between July 1973 and October 1976, Elvis recorded the entire contents of six albums, despite how RCA and Uncle Colonel Asshole felt. <laughs> uh, his recording numbers were going, or despite how they felt his recording numbers were going. Um, by this point, Elvis was no longer a presence on the pop charts. However, three of the five albums did go number one on the country charts, and all five reached the top five. And just having done the research, this just kind of seems like one last hurrah. Uh, In early 1977, journalist Tony Sherman wrote that, quote, Presley had become a grotesque caricature of his sleek, energetic former self, grossly overweight, his mind dulled by the pharmacopoeia he daily ingested. He was barely able to pull himself through his abbreviated concerts, end quote. Despite his failing health, Elvis fulfilled most of his touring commitments. Even so, Elvis's final performances were a struggle. Andy Green of Rolling Stone called them, quote, sad, sloppy affairs where a bloated drug to Presley struggled to remember his, struggled to remember his lyrics and to get through the night without collapsing. Most everything from the final three years of his life is sad and hard to watch, end quote. Way Down was Elvis's last single, 
that he was alive to see released, and it was released on June 6, 1977. On August 16, 1977, Elvis was scheduled to fly from Memphis to start another tour. However, his girlfriend, Ginger Alden, discovered him lying on the bathroom floor, mm-hmm. unresponsive. Jesus. Attempts to revive him were, were unsuccessful, and he was pronounced dead at 3.30 p.m. He was 42 years old. It's believed, quote, for some reason, perhaps involving a reaction to the codeine and attempts to move his bowels, he experienced pain and fright while sitting on the toilet. Alarmed, he stood up, fell face down in the fetal position, drooling on the rug and unable to breathe. He died. Jesus Christ, man. I knew I knew this is how the story ended, but still rough. On Thursday, August 18th, Elvis' funeral was held at Graceland. Thousands of people gathered outside to view the open casket and... More than 80,000 people lined the funeral procession route to Forest Hill Cemetery, where he was buried next to his mother. Because humans are terrible, within a few weeks, his grave had been vandalized when someone, quote, tried to steal Elvis's body, end quote. Fucking jackasses. Yep. As a result, both he and his mother were exhumed and were reburied in Graceland's Meditation Garden on October 2nd with... Uh, the rest of his family. Multiple autopsies were conducted to determine the cause of Elvis's death, resulting in several different opinions on what actually killed him. Um, some people thought it was a heart attack. So the quote that I read earlier mentioned codeine. Uh, apparently Elvis's dentist had given him codeine for something and he had a slight allergy to it. Um, you know, uh, after reading several of them, basically, the, my opinion, the most common denominator in all of them is that he was just pumped full of various prescription drugs. Excuse me, prescription drugs. Drugs, in the end. Like, yep. no matter what happened, drugs killed Elvis. I'm sorry, yep. I don't care what you say. Drugs killed Elvis. According to lab results, Elvis had 14 different drugs in his system, 10 of which were in significant quantities. Whether it was a sudden so heart sad. attack or a combination of the drugs, we're never going to truly know. But I do think, I do, however, think it's fair to say that his story is ultimately a tragedy. He went from the highest highs to the lowest lows and back again. But regardless of what caused his death, the world lost one of the most iconic people when Elvis died. Yeah, it and, did. you know, you made a comment just a few minutes ago, like you knew how it ended mm-hmm. and like it was crushing. Yeah, you know, like I was so tore up when I got to the end of this <laughs> fucking research. I was like, this is the saddest thing. This man had the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. I mean, he died on the toilet trying to take a dump. Like yeah. that it doesn't get much worse. There's not much worse death. More not much not that you're alive to see it, but that's a pretty That's humiliating. Hum, it's a humiliating death. Yeah. And that is just Sad. Yeah, it's sad. So, anyway, that's the story of Elvis. Um, Elvis Presley. I wish I... I'm glad I didn't experience it, and I wish I had experienced it. Yeah, I get you. But... I I don't really know what else to say on that, so we're just going to move it on. Trivia with Tyler. 
So I just realized I never told you I did find the picture of John's version of this. Oh yeah, you did. I didn't. do know what barrel it is, but I'll I'll talk about that when we talk about the whiskey. I'm just kind of stalling for time because I didn't have a. Um, yeah, I wouldn't know what what is our Tyler Nugget. Oh, this week? it's a it's a good one. Is it? What's our Tyler Nugget? Give it to us. Are you familiar with the TV show Family Guy? Uh, yes. Okay. Do you like it? Yeah. Okay. Me too. Family Guy creator Seth MacFarlane has wanted the show to end for years, saying, quote, seven seasons is the right lifespan for a series, end quote. Family Guy entered its 20th season in 2021. Jesus. <laughs> He's not involved with the show anymore other than the voices. Really? Yeah, I watched some interviews with him. He doesn't do anything but the voices. Anymore. I mean. And to be honest, he he basically started American Dad because Family Guy got canceled. Mm-hmm. And then they brought Family Guy back, and then he had two shows, and he's like, "Well, I don't want two shows." Yeah, like Jesus Christ, yeah, mm-hmm. too much. So, I like Family Guy. I like Family. Not Guy. as good as Futurama. Not as good as Futurama. Futurama's the best. Different, different styles though, too. Final thoughts. All right, so what does Cinco have before we... Oh, I got out of it. Hold on, I can, find oh. it re- I can find it real quick, though. He has... Oh, shit, that's not it. Don't no, me. no, you fucked up. Yep, I done screwed up. I got it, though. There it is. His is... Let's see. Barrel number 26D6. And it was aged for nine years, while ours was aged for uh, five... Excuse me, but his was a his was a hand picked barrel, so oh. part of his part of the club he's in. And I find it interesting that ours our proof is one hundred and sixteen point six. Yet his is one hundred and twelve. So it'll be interesting to compare. Yeah. And I do want to. Uh, I didn't mention this earlier. I I have looked this up. Like I said, it was a gift, but I do know this this does run you about a hundred bucks. Um. So it, it's like a ninety to a hundred dollar bottle. So damn. Um. Well. I thank you, friend Tim. I, yes, thank you very much, Tim. Um, I have not put any water in this. I've been obviously yeah presenting. Presenting. You've been not um, able to. I noticed Megan finished hers, so that says something. <laughs> I finished mine. I did put water in it. Um, with water, I well, should I say or should I wait for Tyler to try his with water before I corrupt his view? I'm gonna let him try it first. I'm just gonna talk about it in general. Um, in general, it's a good bourbon. It's delicious. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, the company is really pompous, and I don't enjoy that as much. Um, and I think that that honestly is probably going to affect my rating a little bit. Um, the price point, I would say, between the company being pri- being pompous and the price point is going to affect me a little bit. I don't think you should include the company being don't, pompous. Don't include the company. Product is what we're focused Product. on, not okay. the people. Not the people, not the and, people. And okay. okay, okay, okay. We we had our rant. We did have our rant. We had our rant. Okay. Um, uh, and to be honest with you, I, I pretty much just threw that all back with the water, and I need to You try didn't it. even try it, taste I, it? I, I, I tasted it, but just just a little, and I want a little bit more, so. You have nowhere to go. You don't. You live here. You don't have to drive. Um. So, okay, I'm not thinking about the company at all i'm only thinking about the product i am going to add the price point in like i did last week with the mellow corn um 
because I do I do feel like the price is a f- is going to affect the way this I rate this because it is a really good bourbon. It's is yummy. But I with the price point it's at with it being a $100 90 to $100 bottle, I wouldn't go back and I wouldn't buy this. Sorry, I'm giving Megan hand signals here. Before you give your number, mm-hmm. well, I'm also going to talk about what it tasted like with okay. the water. All right, before you give your number, now that I've yeah. now that I've done it. So, in my opinion, with the water, the water made the citrus come out more. Um, I I got more lemon, um, more lemon and more orange, even maybe a bit of lime. But I definitely like I really tasted lemon, very lemony really? with water in it. Yeah. I got much more. Uh, I I just citrus i couldn't I, honestly i don't think i could pick it out but i got a butterscotch flavor really in there yeah the sweet kind of shifted from like a vanilla sweet to a butterscotch interesting um, my mine the sweet stay the same but the the citrus really really came out a lot more and so that is that is interesting well um, now you may give your number okay so my number if this was a $50 bottle, which I'm going to say is about the average for a whiskey. Would you say 50? It's like average-ish for yeah, majority. Yeah, something like that. If this was an average bottle, $50 bottle, I would give this an 8. Because it's a $100 bottle, it's going to go down to a 7. Mm. So this is a 7 for me today, guys. Well, Megan... And, you know, if you listen to the whole episode, um, you know, hopefully you fast forwarded my one minute rant there where I, <laughs> I talked about what what I thought about it uh, just from having it previously. I like this. It's a very, yeah. very good whiskey. I like it. It's good. Tim picked a fabulous bottle. Um, like I said in my rant, if you did skip it, basically, I've had this. I know it's good. I enjoy it. I gave it to some folks that are not whiskey drinkers, and they enjoyed it. Um, so I expected Megan to rate it fairly high, especially when I saw she had finished it. I was I was expecting that. I am going to rate it. The number that came to my head is seven and a half. Okay. Um, I'm not really taking in. I try not to take into account the price of anything. Um, I tried just to go on the product. But that is a damn good product. Company can pull the stick a couple knots out. <laughs> Just a but, little bit. You know, a little bit. <laughs> that, that, you know, said my piece on that. So, <laughs> Looks like this one, Megan and I are in agreement. This is yep. pretty damn good. So It's pretty damn good whiskey. It was nice. I would, I would have it again. I I'm, wouldn't buy it again. I'm going to throw a challenge out there, even if it's not. Um, actually, I probably have the answer to this. Never mind. I was going to, I was going to have, Friend John, tell us what he thought of his, but I'm pretty sure he I, he texted me that that night. Oh, well, I mean, still, <laughs> hey, friend what? John, how about you email us? Yeah, sure. Let us know what you and thought about this. If, if, let us know. Also, I hope your uh, shout out to you. I'm not going to mention any details, but I hope your business venture is going well. Agreed, for sure. Um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm, that's super exciting. Um. All I know is that he said it was fantastic. So. Okay, well, email us and give us some more specifics. Let us know if your flavor pro- profile matches what Tyler and I said, or if you got 
18 different flavors in and one a bottle. Yeah, and let us know. If, let's. I'm curious how many how many flavors does your bottle have? Yeah. <laughs> Did they give you 19? <laughs> um, well, I guess that about wraps it up this week, guys. It Remember, does. Remember, check out the social medias if you're on YouTube. I just put them all up there. Like and subscribe. Hit the bell. Comment. Comment, review, rate, interview us, please, wherever you listen to podcasts. That does a huge amount to climb up the charts and let us get seen. So thank you so much for everything you do, guys. Uh, Sending us our patrons, PayPal, donations, liking, subscribing, reviewing, rating, all the things you do is just more helpful than you know, and we appreciate you so much. Um, That being said, it is time for us to get out of here. So thank you so much. I will see you next week. Tyler will not, but I will be here with a friend, Jamie. And You guys have a great two weeks. I will see you in two weeks. I forgot about that. Yes. All right. Thank you guys so much. Don't drink and drive. Cheers. Passion. I have passion. I've got passion for passion.